Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Kill the Mockingbird. I'm your host, Sean Chris. And you know I'm always here with my homeboy, Seabass. Uh, this is the Truth Report. Well, we're a little late on uploading some of uh, our IG feed to our RSS feed, but uh, we're catching up and we got a lot more stuff coming for you. We got an interview with James from We The People Radio. Uh, we got a swap cast with uh, Talkie Time. Uh, we got another swap cast with... Uh, Steaks for Breakfast podcast, uh, a few other things in the pipeline. And, uh, you know, help support the show by going to Bandcamp and looking up Sean Chris's music. Donate what you can. Uh, You can find my music on Spotify, Mania, Taylor Sacrifice, Frank Gallagher, uh, and the album uh, Dystopian Paradise will be dropping about uh, May May 21st, uh, 2021. So, yeah, keep on the lookout on all that. Enjoy the episode. They're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop because we're gonna get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's gonna test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth the Report with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Kick his ass, Sebastian. personal accounts that are kind of on like the truth or side of things, you know, they share their truth. And a lot of the time they're pretty spot on and they're telling me like, Oh Pete, like they've getting pictures and stories taken down um, for violations of terms, but there's never really a clear definition of what everyone is doing wrong with this. Like they keep it vague and stuff. So there's no real recourse. So you can't actually have a way of fighting back and getting back, uh, you know, out of the shadow ban. feel like they uh, keep it on for a lot of people. I, I think I have been for a period of time too. I've been kind of not really posting much at all. Yeah. It seems like to be like, to me, I, I think it's like, um, uh a time period right depending on like the severity of what like because obviously there's tons of accounts they can't like look for each account you know what i mean like they can see and they have algorithms like for instance i have another account that i'm trying to grow right now right so i was like you know what yeah. i'm gonna do a couple instagram promotions because if you try anything outside of instagram to promote like it can violate the terms and all that too right there they try to get all the money so i was like all right i'll just do like a little like twenty dollar thirty dollar fucking week little promotion for this song so maybe, you know, attract more people to come to the page, whatever. As soon as I post that, um, it, they deny it within about like 10, 15 minutes. And, I, and when it looks to deny, when I ask, like when it tells you the reason for denying it, I have it in my phone. But it just basically says that, like you can't say anything harmful about any race, gender, 
But like it didn't even say nothing. And then I was like, well, is AI racist? Because like I posted up the homie song and it says caught in the trap. The only thing that it says literally nothing in that shit. And, and I mean, like in the hashtags, it says like hip hop and stuff like that. So like to me, I'm like, man, because obviously that was the AI because after it tells you all these examples of like how you can't use race and um, gender. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I didn't say nothing about that whatsoever. And then um then I do it. It says you can uh, put it for review. I put it for reviews, which I'm guessing goes through a real person because then it instantly gets approved. They're probably like, what the fuck? Like, this is just a regular song. Like, there's n- literally nothing controversial. It's like anybody's music. Like, I mean, maybe like, I don't know if he cusses or not, but you know what I mean? Like, it's nothing crazy. And it was just weird. This is twice that has happened to me on uh, putting people's music up, trying to give them a little promotion. And like I said, they do, they do uh, push it through. But it's just kind of telling, like, it seems like it's the AI. Certainly is. Um, they definitely use it to kind of uh, a preliminary ban hammer, basically, using, you know, buzzwords, certain uh, hashtags, and a bunch of different variables that kind of make it easier for them. And then, like you were saying, with the, you know, review system, that's when it actually goes in front of a person, probably, because, you know, they don't want to hire this many people to actually censor the whole of the interweb. It's, uh, That'd be way too much of an overhead for these uh, big tech companies. Not even just overhead. If you think about it, it gives um, too many opportunities for someone to put their ideology out there. They still want their message and their narrative. So, like, not everybody that works for big tech agrees with everything. You know what I mean? Even if they spot some of the things, I'm sure they have, like, limits. So that's why they're like, oh, AI doesn't have limits. I mean, and you're seeing that now, too, with a lot of the censorship uh, and bans coming through. It's a lot of progressive leftist types that are uh, kind of stepping outside of that main ideology. You know, they're getting the hammer now. Yeah, like, I mean, one of the first ones for um, the left that was really getting hammered is Glenn Greenwald. You know what I mean? He got hammered for when he was Snowden, the whole Snowden thing. And that's when he moved to, like... The left, because he and but the weird thing was even after the Snowden thing, people like the super left, you know, like like Democracy Now and the NPRs, they like backed Greenwald. But <clears throat> once he started going against like uh, some of the policies that Obama put in place and, and Biden, which I mean, people are just trying to question what our leadership, supposed leadership or representation, is doing, and it seems that anybody, whether left, right, center. Uh, steps out of line they're just gonna crush you with their huge media machine and that's why uh shouts out to i want to show you this real quick wore the shirt for you got the operation mockingbird shirt on oh the new merch <laughs> all right it. not me it's not me though that's not my oh, merch. Okay. i wish it was that's a uh forbidden clothes that's, that's in the pipeline though isn't it? oh yeah yeah we got some stuff i'm working on some stuff that's why i was i had a pushback too like i was like i need a just a day to rest because i was been editing and I've been learning new because it's like I'm learning too, you know what I mean. So every time I'm like, like yeah. trying to figure out faster ways to be able to record and edit and get it onto the podcast. But then I'm like, oh, now I want to do music, you know what I mean. So sometimes I get a little, I put too much on my plate. But I'm, I'm getting a couple designs. I'm gonna shoot you some of the designs to show you what we got going. Cause I think it's gonna be Let's fun. Because I'm gonna start the uh, Kill the Mockingbird production so we could push more podcasts and just the music that I like. If they, because I figure. We got to start taking over the entertainment and media industry or it's going to forever be saturated. Yeah, we can't be on the tail end of the culture war. Uh, You have to be involved. You actually have to be there at the culture side of things. You know, culture is upstream or politics is downstream from culture, as they say. Yeah, for sure. And what politics is now is just is like a celebrity. Like it's the same shit, man. The blue looking, check. Looking at the impeachment and just 
you know, all the emotional <laughs> leverage and rhetoric like they're trying to use with that and then even the AOC stuff and just to go hey. off the cuff a little bit, let me ask you because I haven't really got to talk to you in a minute. It's, it seems like forever, yeah, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, what what's up? What what what's your feel on what's going on with this whole um, impeachment trial? Like, what do you do? You see it like I see it. I see it as a show. I just see that they're doing a typical uh, political show, and they're gonna to get their constituents riled up. Oh yeah, um, you know the media and the left political hegemony in general, they made a lot of gains off of, you know, the Trump derangement syndrome uh, type propaganda. So they want to keep that going, I think. Um, And at the same time, it deflects away from uh, Biden and a lot of the the left. It's great cover. Great cover. Yeah. It's a good distraction. It is a show. It's reality TV. And you look at like if you actually watch the hearings and like the evidence they're putting forward, it's it's a show. Like they're just they're doctoring t- tweets, you know, putting blue ch- fake blue check marks on people. You know, they're editing clips out of context, and they're not including the part where Trump said, "Go and make your voices heard peacefully." Yeah. Um, and they're saying he's inciting the violence, and it's just you know I don't think it's gonna pass. They you know they voted yes to make it a constitutional thing. But when it comes to convict, they need 60 plus votes. I don't think they're going to get it. But then what happens? Then are we going to do this sets the president to now that we're going to do we get to go? Then do we go back to Obama or even because they call him a war criminal? So even more than that, do we go back to Bush and Cheney? (laughs) Uh, I mean, Clinton, it it, it should open the door to that. But, you know, they're not going to go after the globalist chills. that (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, the global. Not a chance. They're going to for sure go after, uh, keep teaming up and trying to make it what they're doing, uh, trying to control the narrative. It, it, it's been just funny to me. I, I, I've talked to a lot of people. I've got, it's hard to get through to people because like, it's still that, to that level of where they hate Trump so much. Like No matter what I say, if I disagree with them, they automatically call me a Trump supporter. I, I get really sick of that, man. I'm like, dude, man, you don't even know what my opinion is. We probably would agree on some of the things that people don't understand that. They they think that like, oh, you know, you think this way. No, that's how, maybe I don't believe in this. Like, uh, you know, not that I don't believe in COVID, but I'm saying when I'm saying this is overblown and all the stuff that we talk about that we feel is, which is why everybody's getting taken off of. Um, it's just something that we we believe in transparency. We believe in scientific debate, and we think there should be more of that. And then, like when we push for that, it's like, oh, you're a you're a, a conspiracy theorist, or you're a Trump supporter, or you're a no man. I'm a I'm a real person that wants to live a free life for everybody. I mean, like especially myself. Of course, we're all selfish. We're humans. Yeah, and it's you know the battle lines have been drawn for a while now, but it I feel like. Um, a lot more people on the side of uh, kind of uh, going against the narrative are feeling kind of intimidated now, seeing so much censorship going on other uh, people and, you know, similar kind of camps that the re- like the voices are kind of being silenced on their own. You know, there's a little bit of self-censorship going on because people are afraid. And well, we just said how- it. We just yeah. said it. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's because it is because we're on their platform and we're at their will. And I get that. But and I, I, that's why I'm trying to still I'm working on the website. It's not as easy as I thought it would to be to be. I think I'm going to if anything, if all fails, I'm going to be able to stream audio. And that's cool enough. I don't we don't need a video. You know what I mean? It's cool. But yeah. I just wanted to also still have like a, a chat. 
You know what I mean? Like, I think that yeah. we need, that's important. So we can, when people are in the room, they could see what we're talking about and they could join in and say what they want to say. Cause obviously like you could see how much, like look at right now, bro. We, we usually average at least 20 people in here. Like, you know what I mean? And before that we were getting like 40, 50, 60. And that's when I got banned for a, a month. You know what I mean? They're just slowing down and putting us in our place, trying to tell us like, Hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> And it's funny, too, because, like, the peop- the normies are really, like, you know, on board with the censorship. They're like, it's a private company. It's a private company. But they don't understand how many other accounts are being censored for so many various things. You know, the, the noose is tightening, but they don't even, like, see it. Well, my They're argument is, it on. My ar- and I agree <laughs> with you on that, but my argument to them, I keep telling them, I go, okay. So then if they're a private business, then they don't have to serve you based on your race, sexual orientation, or your religion or culture, right? And they go, oh, that's di- oh, that's different. No, I thought they were a private company. If they're a private company, yeah. then they, then don't worry about what they pay their 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 employees, right? Don't worry about minimum wage. They're a private company. They should be able to do whatever they want. So that that's yeah. what I don't understand. This argument about a uh, private company is is a fake one to me because. I I used to argue a lot for it, like, because I leaned a lot heavy on libertarianism, you know what I mean? Because I believe in ideology, I mean, uh, individualism, where people, you know, take care of their own, if you build your own business. But as far as what they're talking about, I'm like, then it, it can go both ways, man. It can go both ways, and you don't see that. You you want the argument that benefits you, but the one that doesn't benefit you, you, you don't want. Tomorrow I'm supposed to argue, um, not argue, uh, debate, uh, this guy, he, 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 he's the original guy that set up for it, but he had to do something, but I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I told him, let's just have a discussion. Uh, Not really. We were going to do that, but I said, let's just do like this. Let's just, just kind of have a discussion. I told him kind of like, I'm going to call it the, um. Because I'm the disinfected anarchist versus the progressive. Because he says he's progressive, and I'm gonna see. see we're gonna talk about current events, not like literally breaking down, but like we're just gonna like what we're doing, kind of you know, just chopping it up. And I want to see what his perspective is on things because he's heavy on the mask, but he seems pretty reasonable. Like he was very reasonable talking to compared to like how Twitter is. And I know I can be fucking an asshole on Twitter for sure, man. I talk mad shit because it's like the real shit. I'll be like, well, fuck you then, man. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you don't well, there's like- a lot of radical stuff on there that doesn't get like, you know, there's yeah. no counter argument allowed. So I feel like it's really frustrating when it's an echo chamber like that because There'll be uh, the most radical statements and thoughts going out there. And a good example of the censorship that's coming back to bite these people on the left uh, was a columnist for The Guardian who just recently got fired uh, for posting on Twitter about uh, the U.S. military funding towards Israel. And he had been one of the you know first people to call for uh, you know cancel culture and uh, deplatforming and censorship. Comes back to bite him personally once he uh, talks about the wrong thing. Exactly, because he stepped out of line. And to me, mm-hmm. like they always say, it's that whole uh, foreign policy, CIA foreign policy. You step out of that foreign line, that foreign policy, that narrative, you're you're done. Like they're gonna push you out of the media. They're gonna rip you apart. And th- and right now they're just letting like that's not what's happening right now. Right now it's just that they're letting everybody rip each other apart to distract people. From everything that's really fucked up. Like, I keep telling a lot of the Trump supporters, too. I go, I know you guys like to say about um, the economy, how well it was doing. I said, but it was a facade. I said, it was the same bubble since 2008 that they try to repair. They try to patch. He never could fix it. I'm not blaming it all on him. I'm just saying he he furthered it because that's what everybody does. He did the tip because it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, he increased 
the spent he went along with an increase in spending we you know built up even more on our deficit and he was you know kind of saying how he was wanting you know during his first election cycle that he was wanting to bring that down at least um but he actually was not able to follow through on that which kind of shows it's like it's i feel like it's uh engineered to kind of be a collapse economically like this uh with the hyper inflation and spending and you know 60 or what is it 60% of all bills in circulation were printed within the last year isn't that crazy that's nuts that's that's crazy i forgot this about that guy you brought that up verge of bursting i feel like yeah it was already like that i'm i'm a big uh peter schiff guy and peter schiff called this in 2000 well not in 2008 before 2008 he was like ringing the alarm and then you know ron paul too and they're both would say the same. They kept saying the same thing about Trump. That's that's the arguments that I listen to. Instead of this whole argument of like, oh, he's a crazy Nazi. To me, that's all a show, and it just distracts yeah. everybody from the actual fact that the U.S. petrol dollar is about to. Com- it may be worth not worthless, but like we could be in a USSR situation where it's hundreds of dollars to buy a loaf of bread, maybe thousands. Weimar Germany is a good example. Nineteen yep. fifties uh, Hungary is a good example. Oh, that's they. They had even worse inflation than Weimar Germany. Um, like I think it was even like ten thousand times worse uh, the inflation on their their currency. It was it's madness, and I feel like yeah we're on the verge of that. Once once uh, it's kind of inflated based off of like there's an abundance of supply in our consumer economy, but once uh, particular necessary like really uh, necessary goods become short in uh, supply, then the infl- hyperinflation will come in. You know, once gas becomes very limited or certain f- types of food like red meats, uh, we kind of saw that when during the toilet paper sor- shortages last year. Um, potential for a lot of craziness this uh, coming year. We've already, I mean, it's barely a month, yeah. almost month and a half, and so much has happened. It's crazy, man. Yeah, and it, it's been it's been cool and like... Uh relaxing a little bit this week has been i mean there's just that little show they're having with impeachment but to me that's not really much excitement i mean besides like the regular you know new york's chaos and then you know there was that active shooter in buffalo um minnesota which i didn't even know there was a buffalo uh, minnesota but that sounded like some kind of a disgruntled employee situation i'm not sure i didn't like super look into it but that's what it sounded like to me but now it's like i'm waiting for the more of the storm because it's just like they keep trying to hit us but I'm just looking at all the spending because it's kind of worrisome because now, you know, there was that big push last week for everybody to, like, cancel um, student loans. And my argument to people was I say, why should we bail you out for making a bad decision? Nobody bailed me out when I try to buy a $30,000 car when I was 18. They go, that's different. My education is an investment to society. I say, my car is an investment to to society in the the economy. Uh, They said economy, not society. Uh, Economy, I said, because it gets me to and from work. So same shit, right? But yeah. I didn't have to get the thirty thousand dollar car, you know what I mean? That was my that was my bad decision. So they go well. Specific fields, I know there's a, sh- a certain amount of fields that you know that you have to go. But you can go to there's hard there's a lot of hard work you have to do. Sometimes you might have to go to junior college two years, uh, do all your basic general ed, and then the money you save up go and try to get as uh, any scholarships or uh, grants that's possible. Look for and anybody else can be going to a uh, community college. There's tons of trade schools. I have so many friends that went to trade schools. Big and community up on college. trade schools. 
and they they're making way more than the people that I know that went to four year universities because the people yes, that went to four year without any debt really <laughs> with pretty much zero or either they had it to where it was free or where it was manageable so they paid it off within like a couple years exactly and you know that doesn't get promoted very much but there's a lot of uh, money to be made in the university uh, education system. Oh, and that actually ties in really nicely to uh, our first article. Yeah, um, we haven't really been going through any of them yet. But, yeah, we're just uh, going out the cuff. I was like, ah, let's see what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure to catch up. It's been like over a week. Yeah, um, so out of France, uh, politicians, prominent intellectuals, and academics in France have voiced concern that an out-of-control leftism and cancel culture from the United States is threatening French identity. They are arguing that American ideas on race, gender, post-colonialism, especially those coming from the U.S. universities, are undermining French society and are an attack on French heritage. The College of Intellectuals, or, oh, sorry, the collection of intellectuals arguing that France is being contaminated by the leftism of the of America, was buoyed uh, on last year after French President Emmanuel Macron appeared to side with them. Uh, in a speech in October on the fight against separationism, Macron warned against leaving the intellectual debate to others as he cautioned of certain social science theories entirely imported from the United States. Now, I found that to be really interesting because um, they're actually calling it pretty straight there. Even though Macron is kind of a centrist banker and he probably is appealing to the right because he's got an upcoming election a little bit, but it's funny that it takes the French to actually call this out. Yeah, it's kind of great. I found it real funny. Um, Especially because they're it, so it, progressive. Yes, and these ideas really originated, uh, a lot of them originated from France. Um, but they're, they're spot on. They are ideas that kind of originated and were seeds planted in American universities. Yeah, for sure. But do you also? But wasn't France like a big influence as well on like the hippie movement? Like, cause they were like the. Remember, like, I just always remember being young and you know, like, cause my parents are older, so like they would like when you'd hear people talk about French, it was almost like you know, I know people joke about the French, like you know, make call, like making fun of them, but they also like would talk about like if like oh that's a French, like they were more like uh, sexually uh, a forward, more like uh, progressive on like those kind of ideologies. And I'm not saying they birthed the yes. hippie movement, but I think a lot of like that, uh, some of that ideology, cause remember like, I think like Lenin and all them, they were in France too. I think they hung out out there. So I think that was a big influence too, as well on the hippie movement, which is what a lot of this also developed from. It's these movements yeah. that uh, they break, they break them up, and then they become into like more radicalized because now they believe more. Now that you're trying to take away what they believe in, they want to believe it even more, and then they blindly believe it more because they have no choice because you're trying to take it away. Yep, and it's it's kind of a little bit humorous that you know they kind of are the the originators of these ideas and these things, and then. You know, kind of spreads around, <laughs> goes through a couple generations through the universities, and then comes back to threaten their French heritage, <laughs> their identity, or whatever they want to call it. Um, but you know that it's kind of a trend now when a lot of European countries to kind of be calling this out. Um, we're seeing it in Poland, Hungary, um, Russia, even um, 
uh, quite a few other even Western European countries. Well, maybe it's uh, a way because uh, like we've been talking about, maybe it's the CCP way of uh, their campaign of kind of like saying, hey, look at America, man. Man, remember when they used to be good? They used to be good, right? You know, you know, and then they, they kind of like and now look at them, you know, they kind of like they, they, they they're looking down on us and they're. Everybody's just kind of uh, piling on. It's kind of just the thing to do right now. It's the trendy movement around the world, and the, with uh, people seeing where it's going, I think people are like putting their money on CCP. I won't put that bet. I still have faith in our country. I know that we're super divided. I know everybody has, um, but I'm starting to see, and I think I have really good vibes for this year because I'm starting to see a little bit more of people kind of like. All right, yeah, okay, and getting a little bit of uh, them to listen and having a dialogue, per se, than just uh, arguing back and forth, talking shit to each other. Yeah, I think we saw that a little bit with uh, the run on kind of the uh, GME stock yeah. and uh, going against Wall Street and their short bets. Um, that met, that kind of got broken up quickly with identity politics and just politics in general, uh and a lot of propaganda was coming from the mainstream media. But I think, like, this administration and their ties to, uh, you know, these mega corporations is going to really uh, wake people up to the fact that it's a class struggle and there's the extremely disproportionately uh, wealthy that are ruling over the vast majority of us that are nowhere near them in uh, financial scales. Yeah, and that kind of... Um... I didn't put this in uh, or anything, but uh, I don't know if you read about the Wall Street bets that the new the old moderators came back. The old moderators, oh, really? I guess, they came back and now they're about they're taking all the money. They're saying that like so they're they're taking over. So that everybody's saying like don't listen. Like they're trying to like get some money off of this, I guess. And like because a lot of people, I was reading a lot of like messages where people are like, this is bullshit. Like I mean, obviously their message get taken down. But, like, there's this one certain message, I'll send it to you, uh, that it goes around. You know, it's one of those that someone, uh, you know, took a screenshot of and they keep posting it up. So, I guess there's, like, a little, of course, someone has to, you know, step in because the peasants got out of line. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, someone absolutely. had it. They say, hey, get back in there. Go ring them in. You know what I mean? And that's what they're doing. So, now that's they're. interesting um, that they bring in the previous moderators. Um Reddit has a pretty shady history, and I kind of hold into a theory that Reddit is a kind of a Chinese psyop oh, or communist psyop. Dude, you're 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 totally on. It's funny because I was listening to my favorite podcast, The Agenda, and um, they were talking about that. They, it is like it's funded. It's Chinese fund. It's CCP funded. <coughs> uh, yeah, I've read a couple threads on that, um, and it just like from the rhetoric and the way they censor uh, people outside of that leftist thought bubble, it it's pretty clear. And you can tell by their algorithms. Their algorithms are like uh, they just push like the most non like the most weirdest nonsense that makes no sense. They always push those to the tops. Like might, like falling like not just people falling, but you know like how they have those really weird videos. You're like, what's it? Like if you look at TikTok, it's a perfect example. Like their algorithm yeah. like puts like very weird things in a row. They don't really like worry about like oh we need to have enough people and be you know values they just go put whatever they think will get people's attention and then if they think that it's threatening they just put it either delete it ban it or push it all the way down to where you Mm -hmm. can't you can't nobody will see it i definitely um think there's a kind of a 
a campaign or a program in place to kind of use bots to downvote stuff that they don't uh, want to appear at the top of those, oh, yeah. you know, different Reddit threads. So that's a that's one part of it. There's a lot of facets to it, though. Well, you can see um, the, the uh, um, I don't know about you, but if you've, know, you've been on Reddit, you've seen it for a while, right? It progressed. Like, it was way different when it first started. Same thing like was. Twitter. It's the, They both were good concepts. It's just that things got compromised. Yep. Um, they, these are powerful tools, these social media platforms, and you know, the powers that be that are kind of um, wanting to subvert uh, various agendas or our culture, our, our nation, um, they're going to use these platforms against us. And you kind of see it pretty clear with the Reddit as an example. Uh, Twitter is slightly different. I don't think the CCP is as closely involved. But I feel like Jack Dorsey is probably an honorary member yeah. of the CCP. By this, by now. He's, yeah. That leads us into the next... Uh... Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Yeah. Polish. This is the bright. This is part. You know, I know any lefty will be like, "Oh no!" You know, I know they don't like Breitbart. It says, "Uh, Polish government tells uh, Breitbart cancel culture is Bolshevik standard." Cancel culture aims to make people afraid to express their opinion, and big tech is working with the far, the far left to promote their environment, which has, mo- has more in common with the methods of Soviet Russia than modern Democrats, a Polish government minister has told Breitbart London. I thought that was very interesting. It says, when, our, when other countries moved to regulate social media, it was to force networks to delete content. Poland is turning to that concept on its head, legislating to protect freedom of speech online platforms. So they're totally yes, against sir. that. 100%. Yes, they are. And um, this, this deputy minister that they quote from this article, um, he said an interesting thing is like the Polish have a history where they were under the rule of uh, – the fascist Nazi occupation for five years, and then they were under the Bolshevik communists from the Soviet Union for 50 years. So they know it's like authoritarianism and uh, destruction of the individual liberties is a left-right. It can be either left or right. Um, And they're looking to protect their citizens over, you know, the wills of corporations. I can only praise them and hope they continue to keep that stand. Yeah, and like we said, with all the censorship that was going on, it's been very weird to some of the people that even spoke out, like Germany, who is not for free speech. Like, really, they're not an advocator for, like, they don't have that in their constitution. It's not made, you know, part of their, like, uh, makeup of a country. But, like, even other countries, like, that were against it. it, it, I'm glad people are speaking out because it needs to be spoken out about because big tech is too big. Like it's becoming a uh, a problem, a, a monopoly that has con- taken over because the argument of the whole, like we said, the argument of is it a p- private company so they could do what they want? But then if it's a private company, they can either do whatever they want. Like you know what I mean? What, what where does it go? Like like I said, can you can do? Can they restrict people because of their uh, age, because of their uh, gender? Uh, age I think is different depending on the or content. race, <laughs> race, religion, culture, creed. Um, Ideologies it's all the same thing. Yeah, I think we're getting closer to that sort of. uh, Yeah, baby steps. I think it's like baby steps. I think like and people don't realize it, and that's the sad part. And and some people not only are cheering it on. I think the 
they feel like they're invincible, that they'll never be in the crosshairs. But they really don't understand that things change. That right now, you're part of the narrative. But you don't know that four years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, the narrative changes different people because it's a power struggle. It's not this one person has an idea. The, the idea is a one world government, but it's not about like one guy ruling it all. It's about trying to put it together. You know what I mean? I think it's a plan that many people have tried but failed. It's not an easy task because you have to have a lot of control of the people and you have to have every country, every country has to have control of all their people. And that's a very hard task for any president to do in the United States of America. We have so many ideologies. So they, they've been manipulating us with all this identity politics and all of this uh, back and forth about like uh, corruption and uh, pumping certain conspiracies like Russia Gate or, you know, like uh, the Syria hoax where Assad gassed his people, things like that. They push those to the front line and then they mixed in like and say, oh, look at this conspiracy. So anytime you try to say that, like they just they, they got a juggernaut with the media, they, they own Wall Street and the government's huge. You know what I mean? So it's very it, we, we do have an uphill battle if we don't unite. If we unite, it's very easy because and it's uh, we just tell them, get the fuck out. But with us at each other's throats and not trying to give each other any leeway of like there could be possibly something else going on. There could be possibly a narrative that people are talking about. Maybe it's not lizard people, but maybe there is a lot of powerful people in the world that don't care about you. That that, that your life is meaningless, that you are a number to them because you tip really are a number to them. That's why when you're born, you get a social security number. You know what I mean? You're just a cog in the machine. So while you're fighting for these people that have no love for you, that have don't think of anything, uh, 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 what's it called, uh, that you think, you know what I mean? Like, they don't care if you don't have food tomorrow. They don't care if your gas is off, your lights, et cetera, et cetera. And nothing, we and we keep voting for them and because we're at each other's throat because this guy, got, he, he's going to do it or he's not as bad as the last. That's the worst thing. He's, he's, he's not as bad as the last guy, though. <laughs> not only won't they, uh, do they not care about you, but they will laugh at uh, you know, the general suffering of the people that are below them. Uh, you kind of see that too, is like uh, the media propaganda kind of, uh, especially with the Time uh, magazine article about how they basically legitimately stole the election. It, I recommend everyone go read that if you haven't heard of it. Um, there's been quite a few Dude, takes on it. That's been out perfect. I just, I just popped it up. You're talking about the Times article? Yes. Yes, I was just gonna tell you, like, let's jump into that because this is one of the huge topics that I know we. I when I seen it Sunday, I was like, we gotta like, and Tim Pool did a very good breakdown of it. I really liked. Uh, I don't know if you watched it or not, but Tim Pool I did. did. He, I liked what he said, and I'm gonna let you take the lead on this because. Oh. And then I'll jump in. <laughs> I got like the article up right now. I'll start with right here. I'll, I'm gonna say right here this where it goes there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes on on both that uh curtailed the protest and coordinated resistance from ceos both surprise uh, surprises were the results of the informal alliance between the left-wing activists and business titans the pact was formula uh in a tease little noticed joint statements of the u.s chamber of commerce afl uh, AFL-CIO published on election day. Both sides would uh, come to see in a sort of impact beginning inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive, uh, radical justice, pro uh, radic 
oh, racial justice protests in which enforcers of the labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. I started right there to kind of like um, show how we could break it down. So basically, there was a huge... that They say conspiracy. That's why I started with that. When we're always talking about conspiracy, they even call it a conspiracy. Tim they Poole, even say it's a secret cabal themselves in, in the text. It's, it's wild. They're, either it's hub, massive hubris on their part or they're so confident in their power and um, that they've gained now that they can just kind of brag about it. And this is what this whole thing is. It's uh, almost like a bragging manifesto of what we just accomplished. We just did that, and there's nothing you could do about it. Yep. And uh, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, if is there any like uh, parts that stood out to you in this that um, struck like the most? Like, what where were you the most shocked? Because there was a couple times I was pretty shocked about what was in the article. Um, one of the biggest points that stood out to me was the, the way they were talking about changing state, uh, election laws, uh, leading up to the election. And this is going back a couple of years, like Pennsylvania's election laws in regards to mail-in voting was changed in 2019, uh, October, 2019. So that's well before the pandemic, but you see with the pandemic, it was a massive push to go with the mail-in voting, which is highly manipulative and, uh, subject to massive fraud, in my opinion. Um, on top of that, uh, there's a couple other points. Um, the elimination of the need for voter identification, and there's a few other points too. It's quite a long article and very detailed, kind of a, you know highlighting the big players. My you know, bad, someone was calling. Even oh no worries, uh, including. <laughs> you know, ballot uh, harvesting and other semi-illegal practices, like they're they're doing a touchdown dance uh, on their way into the end zone with this one. Yeah, most definitely. They, uh, they're they trying to, they're doing this whole rubbing it in the whole time. That's what the whole impeachment is too as well. It's just, uh, yep. we're rubbing it in and we're telling you that we're, uh, 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 it's all good, dog. <laughs> That's what called me. Uh, I think that what people are trying to, like like you said, they're just saying, hey, it is what it is. We had to do it. The most important to me, what they said, that they go, we didn't do this uh, because we don't like Trump. And we didn't do this because we like Biden. We did this because we couldn't have a result where nobody won. And I was like, like they were some kind of hero or something. And I'm like, man, enough of this bullshit of left, right. You know what I mean? And that's what we're getting. We're getting a huge show of like, are you left? Are you right? Are you a conservative? Are you, are you a liberal? When really most people aren't either. Oh, you can't hear me now? Better? I can hear you. Oh, okay. Say you couldn't hear me. Yeah, they said they can't hear me. Oh, maybe. Bad sound. Try again. Yo, can you hear me? It Uh, cut out for a second on my end, like from you. Yeah, when when they called, right? It came back. Yeah, it came back. Maybe maybe it's a delay in that they're seeing it like a little delay. Maybe like the, the they seen it when it all flickered off. Because I don't know really what the delay time is um, for some people. Oh, I guess not. Maybe they're blocking some oh. sound. One, one said he can hear you now. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. oh, they can hear me, but not you. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, that's really... Well, if you can hear you and I can hear you, at least we can keep it going for uh, the, you know, recording yeah, purposes. The rema- for yeah, the, the remainder of... A- I'm telling you, man, that's what I said. Like, if anything, we'll... we'll if, uh, like, if... I'm gonna. We'll still be posting up on the RSS feed, like you know what I mean. Because we we'll still try yeah. to do Sundays and everything. But if they do that, we'll just uh, do what we're doing and we'll continue to record and just put it out. You know what I mean? Regardless. Yeah. One way or another, uh, we'll always find uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. a platform that works for us. You yeah, know? you can't get rid of us, man. But yeah, like the most telling was that they felt like they were heroes in the whole thing, that they were the ones that uh were heroic and they saved america by this little plan they, they, that they had to do it it's not even that they wanted to do it that they had to do it and i think it's it goes deeper than just the trump derangement syndrome because they're talking about how many ceos and um big corporations including big tech that made donations to the biden campaign and look at the way that um you know, social media was uh, censoring and fact-checking everything uh, leading up to the election. A lot of censorship, in particular from, uh, I saw on IG, um, from people on the right. And it's just like, it's plain as day that big tech was, you know, controlling and manipulating the flow of, mani- of information to uh, kind of have the biggest impact they could on the election. I mean, look at the Hunter Biden story. That was... You know, they even went back and said, oh, it's not a uh, fake news. It's not a hack. It, it is under he is under investigation and uh, he's pretty shady. <laughs> well, if you even go look but, back to 2016 when Trump won, there was people yeah. were physically crying in Google. Google was like yeah. literally upset. Like you could see that they were like in a panic and they were like, oh, my God, like. It's just crazy because they built up this whole narrative. And I think a lot of it was that they just wanted to see the first woman president, which I don't care. I'm down with, but not Hillary. I'm telling you, with all the the great smart women in the world, that's who you choose? Come on, man. With the one that everybody hates? Of course they're going to vote for Trump. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, they're so out of touch with society and kind of like the regular average Joe uh, voters that – you know, they don't know how unappealing a person like Hillary Clinton is. See, that's so weird that they can't hear me, though. Now can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you fine. That's what's weird, because you, like, you would think you wouldn't be able to hear me, too. Yeah, that'd be the thing. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Let's do, like, let me, let's just anything. hop off real quick. I'll keep recording and I'll just cop right back on. Like it would do like a 20 minutes, you know what I mean? Okay. Let's do that.
There we go. I don't know. You can hear me, right? Can you hear me? Uh, it was lagging a bit there um, on your end. Try and say something again. Yo. Yeah, it's it's good now. Like clear and everything? Can you hear I me? Mean, the thing is, I was hearing you before, too, so... Oh, that was one of the people before that was saying she couldn't hear you. Okay, cool. That... So maybe we fixed it. Yeah, maybe it was just like a little glitch. Because sometimes they do glitch on these, you know, just like on a phone call. You know how sometimes you'll have to hang up and just do it over. And I was like, ah. Yeah. I was like, I'm recording. You know what I mean? No matter what, we're going to be recording, like I said. But it does seem like a lot's going on, on on our end, too. Like I'm telling you, like, because I saw these waves of what happens. Like, I've had waves of where I'm getting a lot of followers and a lot of, like, I mean, you always get your people that are unfollowing you. But, uh, now then I'll get waves of where like all my interactions just like I'm at a standstill and then like I'll break through and it will just go back and forth I think like I'm just dancing with them because I haven't got really a lot of um, like warnings or anything you know what I mean I think I got like three or four total I know people that got <laughs> but who knows man who knows man like like I said with the Robert Kennedys and with the Ron Paul before that you know on Facebook uh, Project Veritas now gone on Twitter. Yeah, wow. as of this morning. That's a big one. Um, and that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's coming off of the back of him leaking a video of someone from Facebook uh, in regards to them freezing comments and stuff uh, if they're politically, you know, not approved. Exactly. Yeah, they, and, and uh, they said that he released um, his personal info, which I'm not sure. I don't know if it was his phone number. Or I'm not sure what he released. I... That sounds like a, a convenient excuse to have him deplatformed, so he doesn't. He's not able to spread his message. Oh, for sure. But the thing is that people like him. The cool thing for him is that he's already built and established a, an, an audience and his own brand that he can hit. He can hold his own anywhere, and he can build another account, and everybody would just go to it. <clears throat> also yeah. have his own websites and stuff like that. Yeah. Also, do you see the push now, since we're speaking of council culture still, uh, uh, Tucker, Tucker, that there's a big push that they're talking about, like, trying to suspend him or do something? I know there's been, but there's actually, like, some traction to, like, uh, like where people in the Murdoch family are talking about actually maybe suspending him. Just rumors, obviously. Yeah, I didn't see um, – I haven't had a chance to dig into that. I didn't see what he said in particular that would uh, draw this criticism or uh, said, the calls for him to be canceled. Well, first he, he, he broke down like – it was last night. He uh, broke down the whole um, uh, riot. I mean the Capitol riot, uh, whatever, the January 6th shit. Mm-hmm. And he was breaking it down and he was talking about like what happened. Like he talks about every person that passed away and how they passed away and what happened to them. And then he talks about the police officer and he talks about that uh, there was no uh, blunt, no uh, physical, like didn't look like he was hurt. He was back to the police station. He even texted his brother and told him, I'm, I'm good. I just got a little pepper sprayed. And then um, he came out and then he said he died. And there's then, you know, he got cremated and all that. And then, yeah, he then he talked about the riots over the summer. And the protests over the summer, and he said over uh, George Floyd di- overdosing on fentanyl, and then yeah, so everybody's okay. like, "Yeah, everybody's like pissed off at that." Like he didn't say like, "Oh, he deserved to die." He his argument, which people could say is insensitive, but like he's saying that like, "Well, you're you're 
made all this, uh, you know, riots and, and protests over something that he would die because of fentanyl. And they're saying that he died, you know, because of the knee. And that's the argument. But they're saying that that was um, <clears throat> like, I don't know if they're saying disrespect. Well, they were just basically calling racist. No one was actually, they were just pissed that he even said that. Because yeah. it's so emotional and, and triggering. Because he has such a, yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like the people who are very much like uh, peddling this cancel culture nonsense are have a very kind of childish outlook and a very uh, fragile, fragile uh, emotional stability or lack thereof. You know, any little thing drives them completely off the edge and they're asking for people to lose their jobs and their livelihoods over, you know, one tweet or so it's complete madness you know we're in full clown world yeah well they don't even know what the world is so that's what i think they is kind of humorous because if this was a time where we were really really at war like where you have no choice there is no hey don't do that people are you're talking about people torturing people can be sick especially once you get to that level where it's like an all-out war. Like, people don't understand the insanity that could brew over with all of this nonsense of bickering and fighting over these people that don't even give a fuck about you, don't even know your name, that they, they, they don't even know your social. You have to tell them your social, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just nonsense. And if you don't like the guy, fine. But then vote him out. And if you don't agree with voting, don't vote. You can do... We, we have to build our own life regardless. Regardless if you're in the CCP, regardless in the United States, America, Canada, wherever, right? You got to make your own. And I think that nowadays a lot of people don't understand that. Like, or maybe they didn't, the ones that are the loudest on the left seem to not know what it's like. Uh, they, they say sometimes, you know, oh, I came from this or like, you know, like uh, AOC tries to make it seem like she lived a hardcore life. And she did it, man. She didn't come from areas that were were where was hard to come by. She lived in the suburbs where everything was nice. She didn't deal with gangs. She didn't deal with police violence. She doesn't understand it. The same thing when people talk about like jail and prisons. They've never been to jail or prison. So they don't understand what a jail or prison like. A prison and jail is completely different in each state. In California, the prisoners run it differently than the prisoners run it in Michigan or you know vice versa everywhere and and the prisoners run it why because there's more of them than the guards and the guards know that they know that if they that's why they they allow them to divide each other and they don't step in they let the 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 prisoners divide each other because that way they can be preoccupied it's the same concept because if we're preoccupied we're not going to actually go after the true enemy or what's truly uh attacking us Exactly. Um, it's interesting, too. Uh, the way that you went into the, the prison uh, topic there is, um, like, it's very much like so the way society is and kind of everyone's, like, forced onto social media because there's less personal interaction with all the COVID lockdowns and stuff. It's kind of forcing us into, like, a, a cyber prison where they're, you know, putting in these divide and conquer politics and very much like, you know, waging psychological warfare on the people to kind of keep everyone distracted and or complacent. <clears throat> Which they even do in jails. Like now, if I could go further on that yeah. analogy, they 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 uh, give people good good time. They uh, have uh, trustees, which are prisoners that are, and usually it's people that have less time because obviously they're not trying to do anything. They're trying to go home, right? You, whether you fucked up or not or whatever, if you have a family, you're trying to get home. 
but they use these and that's how they get rats and it's this whole society and if you look at it on a whole on the you can see that's the same society that we're in we've built the same kind of society we're in a prison now we're and it's starting to sink in where we're like whoa whoa we can't do what whoa 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 we can't look at the term lockdown yeah. that comes from prison yeah, exactly <laughs> Locking down the pl- the prison block B or whatever. And how long have they talked about <laughs> schools becoming prisons? You know, after Columbine, every oh, school started getting I mean, metal. De- not every school, because a lot of other schools that were like already like could be dangerous and there were gang areas. They they already had you know um, metal detectors and stuff. But then you started seeing the barbed wire on fences. Like they were they were like, what is this? You seen big old gates around it? Maybe not barbed wire, but huge gates even sometimes. Why yeah, I mean, look at the companies that are contracted by the state to build prisons and schools. Exactly. They usually tend to be overlapping or similar or if not the same companies. Exactly. And, and, and it's that compliance, like, if you do good and, you know, that. Then if you do bad, they, they, they do have, even for jail, they throw you in the hole. You know what I mean? They put you, they isolate you, which is a, a, a torture. That's psychological psychological torture. They, they literally, I've seen people come out of jail that were never had any kind of problems, but they were in the hole for like thirty days, sometimes longer. But sometimes it only takes like 15, 30 days, and they're just so by themselves. It can take less than that, even. Imagine twenty four hours a day, you're by yourself, and you're getting nothing. Like maybe just a meal, and that's it. In a dark room, it's it it's breaks people. Yes, um, and it's done deliberately too. Exactly. You know, they they use us as lab rats. I'm kind of seeing it now with the vaccines and stuff. Uh, I didn't get to include a lot of that stuff uh, in this week's. Um, we'll break episode, a lot of that. I, I think we could break a lot of that down The next episode, Sunday. there's a lot of news coming out of Europe in particular where there's a lot of deaths happening in nursing homes and stuff as a result or coincidentally happening – after they're vaccinating the, you know, the people that are there, the residents. So in Norway, they're having higher death toll numbers and over 65s that have been vaccinated rather than have not. So that's a pretty good indication that these vaccines are harmful to people who have vulnerable immune systems. Yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, also it shows that they didn't really do any thorough testing that is uh, scientific enough to actually be broad enough to make sure that they are safe to huge populations of people. Because uh, you could see what they did with the, you see how CDC came out with that uh, mask is, uh, they came out with their little study about masks. I don't know if you've seen that. I saw a headline, but that's it. Well, you know what the study did? They they tested on mannequins, not not human beings. They're saying that masks work and the test... So, like, I don't understand how it could be an actual uh, data when, when what they did was they put masks on mannequins and then seen how much moisture could get out. And I think they were using, like, a spray bottle or some sort. I'll, I'll show you everything. We'll talk. We'll break it down a little bit more on, on Sunday. But I thought that was weird. It's like nobody's even, like, batting an eye. That's no problem. They're like, yeah, no worries, man. Like, yeah, you know, that shit happens. Like, what? That's unacceptable. No, yeah. Unacceptable it's not a study. You have to fly as a study <laughs> when they're using no humans as, like, you know, oh, compressed air. You got it. Test. Compressed air. Okay. Um, glad that people are able to hear the sound again. Yeah, thanks, uh, everyone guys. came back too. Thank you guys for coming back, sticking with us. Plus, I we like really when you guys can help that. us out to when we forget stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, um, we have a really good audience here, and we really appreciate you guys. You know, 
you're patient with us. We're new to this. And it's a pretty cool community we're building here. And remember, if for some reason that we do get deleted, just remember, you can always find our RS feed and we'll have another account. It will just be like something like Kill the Mockingbird. You know what I mean? It'll be something. I already have another one, K KTMB Productions. I'm going to make another Kill the Mockingbird. They're not going to get rid of me, man. I'm annoying. When people don't want me, that's when I want to be there more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but it's just, it, it's crazy that it's being the whole, you know... It's been run into the ground, but the whole Orwellian uh, everything, like uh, that one article you sent me, the Denmark uh, to pioneer digital vaccine passport to restart normal life. So they're just like, yes. And I think people are going to jump on this because they just want to um, get it over with. They're tired. They're 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 fatigued. They're worn down, beat up. They're just like, let's end it. Like I know a lot of people like that right now. They're just like, dude, just hurry up and give me the fucking vaccine. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of civil unrest coming out of uh, countries in Europe. Uh, Denmark's a big one in particular. They've, uh, you know, they've been going ham in those protests too, like burning police cars and stuff. So this article is pretty interesting because it's stuff we've been talking about potentially coming down the pipeline for a while now, and now you're seeing it coming into the mainstream uh, just in time to normalize it for society as a whole. Um Denmark's government has been has said digital vaccine passports will be used in three to four months to restart life in the country. And by the end of February, Danes can check their status online and print off their vaccination certs. Speaking in Copenhagen on Wednesday, fi uh, finance minister Morten Bodskov uh, said Danish companies needed to get back on track to kickstart the nation's economy. And it Digital vaccine passport was a key to all of it. And that's what and I'm saying. People like, are going to want it because they're going to, like I said, they want normal, They want to go to the football games. They want to go hang out at the pubs. You know what I mean? Like, And now they're pushing in Denmark, too. You saw, like, they have the Cluster 5. You heard about that? The Denmark Cluster 5. There's a new variant. Yeah. And, and no, it's in I didn't hear about that. Yeah, was that today? Um, yeah, I heard it today. I heard it today. I don't know if that's when it came up, but that's when I heard it today. Um, another variant. Yep, so another. even, even like I'm seeing articles too about vaccine makers saying like, oh, we've just made a booster that's going to be, you know, for that South African strain or for that strain that came out of England. But even now there's a whole nother new strain. They'll never be able to keep up with it. But wouldn't the vaccines work, though, because, uh, like, isn't it the same proteins? Like, isn't that all they're doing and the, the, the proteins stay the same, right? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. Yeah. Every time the strain changes, it, it can be a big shift in the actual makeup of the, the virus. So there's no guarantee. I mean, just like with the original vaccine, they, you know, they said it themselves, the makers, that it won't guarantee that you will not get COVID and you that that you cannot spread it. Yeah, and they want to like make it to um they want to make money because all the like cheaper treatments that anybody tries to talk about, they just box it out. You know what I mean? They completely try to pretend like it doesn't exist. And I'm not even talking about the hydri the hydrochloroquine. That's just the mainstream one, but there's tons of other ones. And anytime you bring it up, they're trying to find a way to uh get rid get rid of you and uh get rid of what you're saying or try to uh Make your statement look invalid by a bunch of, oh, this data shows that uh, that won't work because of this. And 
but they won't show us the data on what's happening to people that are taking the vaccines right now. What's the data on that? Because what I've seen, and I'm not saying that I've seen everything, but I've seen a lot of bad, uh, uh, <laughs> bad data that is not being shown on the mainstream media. Yeah. And they were even hiding the data, uh, the raw data from the trials, too. So, I mean, that's why a lot of countries uh, kind of more independent outside of the globalist sphere have been very hesitant on kind of adopting the mRNA vaccines. Yes. Because uh, there haven't been actual independent regulatory studies. And and that's the problem. They're just it's it's experimental. And then now that when people do question it, they're labeled a va- anti-vaxxer right away, whether they believe in vaccines or not. This is a different circumstance because this is totally different. Like there is that argument for vaccines in, in the first place. But this one in particular is completely different because of the time frame. And there we're led to believe like I'm not saying that they cut corners, but how did you do it then? You know what I mean? If it takes me a year to grow a plant, if I grew it in a month, then I did something different. And I think we deserve to know what you did different. And then when we ask that question, we're, we're thrown off. And then, like, we do our own research. And then when we uh, find out what it's about, we're told, oh, no, that's not what it's about. You got it wrong. You know what I mean? But nobody will explain it. It's the constant run around. And then like, you're censored. Don't forget yeah, that part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you're censored. It's like, it's like trying and to ask. And then no one gets to hear the argument. It's like being in corporate America when you are when you have a problem. They're like, oh, all right, go talk to HR. And then you talk to HR. Well, you're going to have to talk to your supervisor. And then they just give you the run around until you either, A, drop it or you quit. Yep. It's going to be a very interesting year. Um, it's, you know, it's all pretty obvious when um, the media never really talks about, like, during this, every, you know, news piece they do about vaccine distribution, they never really talk about people that, you know, might want to not have it. It's I just find that hilarious because every time, uh, you know, one of those comes on and pops on in front of the family, I'm like, Hmm, they never mentioned people that are going to refuse to take it. Wonder why that is. Because they don't want to add to that conversation. They don't want to have that discussion. Yeah, they, they assume wanna... everyone to be a good, a good little boy and girl and go get the vaccine. Well, I also think it's a step further. I think that what it does is that now those other people that are not really, they're going to get it, right? And once they get it, they're going to be at you. Not They don't have to come at you no more because now your friends and family are going to, because they're going to be like, well, I had to take it. If I had to take it, you got to take it. There's a lot of people that think that way. Like one of the best examples I used to, I've seen at tons of places I work at is where like they go, well, nobody trained me. And I go, okay, well, then you should know more that how sucked, how shitty it feels to not know what you're doing and you should train the person properly. But instead they go, no, well, nobody trained me. Who cares? Then, then break the cycle, man. Oh, you're going to continue the shitty cycle. Okay. That's, that's how people think. Very true. Um, people kind of are very quick to deflect, you know, little bits of responsibility. You know, you know, that's not my job. You know, someone else will take care of it. Oh, Whereas, like, maybe the best thing you can do for uh, your your personal self and the betterment of your surroundings is to actually kind of take a little res- extra responsibility on and kind of try and, you know, if it's a younger person coming in, maybe it's one of their first times having a job. You know, give him a little mentoring, help him out, teach him the way so he's more comfortable there. And then you're you're building up. It, it's there's so much value to that. There's no price of it. 
teaching someone to kind of better themselves and teaching them a trade or a skill. There's so much, so much, uh, power to that, that, um, now it gets missed nowadays. Well, there's so much that everybody can get out of it because you get something yeah. out of it for helping the person. You build yourself and you grow and you understand now and you see that life is about all of us adapting together and building this coalition of peasants. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's how I feel that they look at us because ever since even that uh, uh, that Occupy Wall Street, you know, where they look when we, there was that those hedge fund guys like... <laughs> The ticket pictures, laughing at everybody. That that never that image never gets out of my head. But I think that we need to remember that that we need to keep building. And when you mentor somebody, that that shows you like, oh yeah, and, and you see that you're actually impacting society because that is what impacts society is talking to the youth and, and, and letting them know like, I get it, it's not going to be fair, but there is ways we could get around it though. You know what I mean? There is ways you can still have your life. Yeah, the cops suck. Yeah, the government sucks. But we can find ways and if we stick together, but that's the hard part right now is because people can't see it. You know, it's hard when it, it, we don't know their circumstances. Their circumstances might have a different where they need immediate impact and that sometimes pushes you to a level that you may not go more extreme, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But it's always important to remember, at least for me, uh, you got to be the change you want to see in the world. So like in That's regards to mentoring, if you were that, imagine if you were that kid that didn't know what, didn't have a clue what he was doing at that job, you'd be hoping that someone would come along and teach you the ropes. And oh, lucky yeah. for me, like, especially for me, like been able to actually make a little small business for myself. Like that came from people stepping up and, you know, kind of taking charge of it and of, uh, mentoring me when I was new to the field which I am eternally grateful for and I hope to someday help someone else with. Yeah, and that's what it's supposed to be, you know? Like, I worked uh, with this guy, Omero, or, but, like, that's his name in Spanish, but in, in English it would be Homer, right? He was a, a press break operator. Great dude. One of the greatest guys, man. He was an older guy, uh, probably, like, 55, something like that, right? I was probably in my late 20s. <clears throat> and I would talk to him, and, you know, he goes, we, we talked every day, and as we would talk more, he would tell me, like, you know, when I first started, a lot of people would just, like, ah, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Do it my way, my way only. If you don't do it my way, you, you know, and he would be like, but I would see, like, faults. Because I, I, I would give him a little suggestions, and I'd be like, ah, I'm not going to tell him, you know, because he'd been doing it for, like, his whole life, like, 50 years. And he goes, don't ever be afraid to, to make a suggestion to me. He said, because I've been looking at that one way for 50 years. You're coming down here with a fresh set of eyes. Your eyes are going to just see something different than I've been maybe l missing the whole time. And that right there, when he told me that, that changed my mind from everything because I'm like, that's so true. So one person can give you a piece of information you didn't know. And it's not that you're stupid or you're not intelligent. You just may have overlooked it, especially being so invested in either an idea or, uh, in that case, a, a, you know, a field of work. But... It's the same concept that you could take everywhere that, you know, everybody has a valid point and a valid perspective. You don't have to listen. I mean, you don't have to agree and absorb all of what they're saying. But if you do a little bit, there's always a little bit of something you could get out of it. Even in negative interactions, you could turn that into something that is positive for you and more building up. Oh, that, like I said, that always stuck with me. So 
that's what you're saying, and you're gonna get that. You know what I mean? You're gonna run into somebody where it's, they're gonna need help, and you're gonna be in the perfect position to be like, oh no, you're gonna do this because knowledge is so key. When someone has done something before you, it's man, it's such a it's such a shortcut, man. When they do go, oh man, what are you doing that hard way? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you always have to be a student. You know, no one can really ever say they're a master of any, you know, skill or trade. You're always able to learn more and especially um in the field we're in right now, kind of breaking down the media. This is why we really uh, appreciate the chat. Um and I, for me personally, I get sent a lot of articles from you guys and that is big. Like I get like that makes my job really easy too. Cause there's articles I miss from my feed and what I'm looking through. So keep them coming. Um, we appreciate you guys a lot. Yeah. Cause we need that because like you said, it is, it's, it's impossible for anybody to keep up on all the stories. The things that help me is I listen to a couple key podcasts, but still like this story, perfect that you say that though, the investigate, uh, the who whitewash, the investigators uh. back China's claim that an Australian beef could be the cause of COVID-19 and demand there be no further study or theory that it came from a Wuhan lab. And it's just interesting that a year later is when finally the CCP allows uh, the WHO to investigate a year later. And then they're just like, oh, the, open and shut. We got it. It may yep. be on beef. And, and, they're, and it's funny how they're trying to distance the CCP away from the whole story that they're not involved at all again that it's not their fault again pushing the narrative that it's uh xenophobic all the stuff that they're saying about the you know chinese virus wuhan virus etc etc this is one of those articles that you would you should put if you're listening into that file for that friend that might be on the fence a kind of verge of taking that red pill um about kind of the covid um tyranny slash conspiracy that we've been going through the past year over a year now um this is uh pretty clear as day the ccp and the who are basically in bed together <laughs> and they have been since the start yeah and now we're finding out that who also is in bed with them no other than fucking i'm gonna give you the whole load today oh yeah <laughs> again he says what does he say again? Oh, they're gonna have our lunch. Like he, he and he talked about how he. I don't know if you heard a little bit today. He had like a press, not a. It was like a press conference. I don't know what they call them when they're sitting in those stupid chairs in the Oval Office, you know, and they're like having a meeting and they have those little shots where they're trying to be funny. I mean, not funny, but they're basically just a photo shoot. Yeah, basically. it's a, a photo shoot. But in that, you know, they, there were some reporters and they asked him something and he was talking about how, oh, I just I was I had a two, three hour conversation with Xi Jinping and. You know, we had a good relationship. We've always had a good relationship, and da da da. Something about we're not gonna, either. We're not going to let them eat our we lunch. We know, Joe. Yeah, no. we know. <laughs> yeah, we know. And then the whole, that even pushes even more on the whole Hunter Biden thing. But I think that further gives them another thing to guess what? Now, when they're done with the Trump, the distraction. When people are like, "All right, I'm over this Trump shit," because eventually people will be. Right now, they're still kind of. You're starting to see a little bit of that. Fatigue where people are like, because eh. when trendy, when things are trendy, like there's a, a small lifespan for them. You know what I mean? And hating Trump was super trendy, and even super loving Trump was trendy. You know what I mean? Like people would yeah. be like, oh, everybody likes Trump. All right, I like Trump. You know what I mean? It's like when the two teams, like how many Chief and fucking Tampa beer, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans are there now? You know what I mean? Oh man, I've always been Tampa Bay. Man. That just bandwagon fans. I don't you know, know what many. I mean? 
I'm saying, but you'll see like more people wearing the jerseys now. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just always happens. Like when the Lakers win, you'll be like, man, I'll be, I'm out here in Detroit. I'm like, why are you wearing a Laker jersey, dude? Like, you know what I mean? You just, and you know, they're not a fan. They just kind of like, it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. So what's going to happen is the Trump thing is going to die and people are going to be over it. But now they got the whole Hunter Biden and they got the Biden connection with uh, China, um, CCP. And I think that's going to be the new narrative. And then that's a new distraction again to further divide us on another thing. And then we're going to keep arguing about that. And then the the right's going to start pushing like, well, Biden needs to be impeached and it's going to just be a back and forth pissing contest to where nothing gets done. And it's going to be a gem at the end of each year. It's going to be like, all right, here's all the the budget. What's in there? Oh, it's in there. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. Um, and kind of going back to the Biden's connection to the CCP, um, what was your take on the whole Myanmar coup? There's a lot to unravel there. I've done a bit of digging. Um, I have quite a opinionated take on it. I'd like to hear yours because honestly, like that's one story like I heard about a little bit, but I don't I mean, like I didn't dive into that one much at all. I know that uh, China's happy about it. I know that. Oh, yeah. They're, so CCP oh. is like, they're not publicly. Publicly, they're showing a different, they're showing like, kind of like, hey, guys, that's not a good thing. Like, you know what I mean? But privately, I heard Xi Jinping is very ecstatic. <laughs> Please go into Myanmar. Not a chance um, from the chat. Uh, basically, like, the big take from it is uh, the military, which was in power uh, previously to the actual administration before they deposed um they've always had close ties to the ccp and the pla the people's liberation army of china um that you know buying weapons and getting training from them and it's it's just clear as day um this is a very geo strategic uh move for china because it gives them access to the indian ocean now, they were kind of isolated. They have kind of an isolated position in the world, you know, uh, only one coastal border out to the world. And the U.S. Navy kind of has a monopoly on that because um, we, the U.S. Navy is what it is, the most powerful in the world. But going through Myanmar now, that gives them another a route and another ally that they've been kind of wanting to pick up ever since uh, the Trump policy was kind of to unite uh, – various powers around China to kind of contain them. And it's kind of a, an escalation back and forth. China in the end is slowly gaining ground around the world with their salami slicing tactics. You know, they take a little bit of ground here and there and don't cause too much of a fuss. Um, well, they also do a lot of litigation. What, what they try, yeah. they, they use, uh, well, they use the culture, culture war. They use, um, litigation. They also use like the, the shaming, like trying to get like public shaming of like, oh, I can't believe you did that. That's so dis- especially like in the, um, like with their feuds with Japan and stuff. Cause you know how they've been feuding with Japan over that, uh, that island there's, and, and what happened was they pushed so much litigation and then one day, uh, the CCP just decided like, oh, we, they put, they just put up a base and put like planes on it and they're like, it's ours now. Yeah. And that, that's just kind of how they do it. They, they distract you with all these little like uh litigation and uh, public humiliation and media smear campaigns. And then they uh, swoop in. Yeah. I mean, with the islands in the South China sea, they were saying they were only going to put weather stations on them and they ended up putting like 
building air airfields and you know missile defense platforms uh but on top of that there was one interesting development i looked into was well two actually the first one was that a company that was owned by smartmatic was the one that ran the election there and that was kind of what the public justification for the coup was was that it was a compromised election now whether that's true or not uh, I forget the name of the leader that was deposed, the female activist, uh, Sung Q, I forget her name. I don't want to butcher it. But she's very much a globalist and kind of been on board with uh, types like the Clinton Foundation. So that's one interesting development with that. And the Soros the as well, part, right? Soros as well. Uh, the second part, um, which is really interesting, which is one of the articles I sent to you, was the... Australian silver mine that was in Myanmar discovered a year ago. Got it open right up. The and, Daily Mailer? Uh, no, it is... Oh, crap. So, it's from stockhead.com. So, it's kind of a uh, oh, economics web, news website. Okay. Uh, four years ago, a junior explorer and mine developer, uh, Myanmar Metals, acquired a majority stake in one of the greatest metal deposits in history. In 2020, the thousand-year-old Baldwin uh, polymetallic mine is accelerating towards a big-time revival. When production begins in late 2022, the mine will be the world's number three lead producer and top ten silver producer over a potential mine lifespan spanning many decades. And that kind of is interesting timing because there was that big push on silver right before the coup took place. Wow. So there's a lot of connections to all this, I feel like. Well, yeah, dang. Now, I didn't know that. That kind of blows my mind right there because that you said that because that coup happened. And, you know, the market of silver, they were talking about it for a while. Like, you know, man. There was kind of a weird push Plus with, with the media, silver, too. Isn't silver also big with solar panels? Um, I'm not sure. Precious I, metals are involved I, with the making of panels. I could be wrong uh, about but that. China but China has a big stake in silver holdings. Because I was also going to say they're the number one uh, in solar panels as well. That's correct. So, like, either way, they're yeah, it's definitely an investment for them. They're that they're looking good. <laughs> yeah, that was a big move by wow. the CCP on the global stage, and I feel like it was a massive coup and. It was about two days in the media and a little bit of questioning of Biden. Like One of the other articles I sent you was saying there was chaos in the cabinet and they didn't know what to do because uh, they didn't want to escalate things with the CCP. But it's looking like it was pretty much just a complete uh, cuck sesh from Biden towards the CCP. Wow. That's like that's and that's what you're seeing. That's what I felt like was today too. Like he was just like, oh, I mean, like why would you say? Like I'm not saying that they shouldn't say they're good friends, but especially knowing with everything, like you would think that they would be like, hey man, maybe you shouldn't say these certain things when people just when the public view thinks a certain way, especially when you're allegedly trying to get unity. Like wouldn't you think that there should be certain phrases you uh, don't say like and the way that he talked about Xi Jinping just made uh, the Hunter Biden story look to me even more realistic and even more who now I think that they're going to get tons of more money for him. Now I see why he wanted to be president in my opinion. 
it kind of ties back to a couple episodes ago when you were asking me about my predictions for the Biden administration, and I said it's going to be the most corrupt in U.S. history. I think we're we're seeing it. I, I think, and this is just the beginning. I think we're not even yeah. going to really feel it and really see it until it's obviously four, you know, like four, five, six years after, you know, like after it's in the dust. When yeah, because I don't see people because we're so. Uh, polarized right now people don't want to build bridges i think they will but like we just got to keep pushing for that but it's difficult because there's been so much uh animosity through everything that's happened you know people have animosity towards their family or friends or people that have said fucked up shit or done things that's like you know maybe they wouldn't do and then the lockdowns intensified that to where all that those three and a half years, those three years of people kind of being at each other's throats. See, I was kind of like, like not really paying attention to it, so I didn't care, you know. Like I would Same. see people kind of arguing, but I didn't really give. I didn't care either way. I was like, oh, I don't care. And then the lockdowns just intensified it. It put it. It strapped everybody's mental health, and they were consumed with everything that was on the media. So they were consumed with the fear of dying from uh, COVID, and then they were consumed with. Uh, their country either being taken over by communists or by fascists like both uh media networks fox and cnn both play off of each other they do it very well it's very well orchestrated like i'm not saying that they're intentionally doing it. i don't really know but a lot of times it does seem orchestrated but they play off of each other of like, oh this is bad to them it's good this is good. This is bad. Like they just play each other as uh, villains to each other. You know, Fox is CNN's villain, and uh, vice versa. And I think that's why we're so divided because people are like, "Well, I'm a Fox News guy," or and I know people don't watch them anymore. That's what a lot of people say, but they're still getting that information because that's what's being pushed to the top of the algorithms: is the Foxes, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, all of that. And you might have yeah. heard it from like some leftists on Twitter, but where do they hear it from? The same journalists, you know, the same articles get passed around like we talk about all the time. That's part of the Mockingbird media. It's having that same message going. They just slap it on a different, um, you know, oh, this is MSNBC. This is Yahoo Finance. This is whatever. But it, if you look at the the author, it's the same journalist. If you can control the loudest voices on either side of a debate, you're controlling the whole conversation. So, of course, yeah, I think it's deliberate. They're playing each other off against each other um, to kind of, you know, like Fox was very different back during the Bush administration. And so was MSNBC and CNN. Oh, and yeah. look how much has changed since then. And now it's and it kind of evolves to go with the time and uh, the narrative. Yeah. And I think. uh People are over the news, but it just sucks because all the people they follow, the influencers, all it takes is like a, a, a someone, a huge influencer that has millions of followers to just watch CNN. And they're going to be like, yeah, you, did you hear about this? And then they don't even realize the source. Like people don't know the sources and people are like, or they just um, discredit the source because like, oh, is that some right wing bullshit? I'm like, it doesn't yeah. matter, man. It's information. Do you know what information? It doesn't matter. And you would think that if they're such your enemy that you would definitely would, would want to read it because you know what they do in uh, sports? They watch the tape of the other team so they can see their tendencies, so they can beat them. So if you want to beat people, you got to know what you're up against. But people don't see that either. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of frustrating too. It's like, 
you know, you'll share something about CNN and people on the right will say, oh, I'm not even, why would you post something from CNN? Like, that's complete garbage. That's, it's propaganda. I'm like, yes, I'm highlighting the propaganda and showing and calling it out for its hypocrisy. Of course, I'm going to do that. What, what, ignore it and let people, you know, if I get, if one person sees that, it catches their eye and they see, oh shit, CNN's been lying to me? Well, they're lying about this. What what else have they been lying about? Like that is important. You know, that one little moment, that red pill can change a person's perspective and outlook. So, you know, we need to be able to kind of analyze the propaganda coming out of the enemy or the state. Yeah. And we need to, like you said, show people what it is, because we got to break the and unplug from these, uh, uh, you know, old media sources you know what i mean where where you're rooted into like oh you know that's walter cronkite he's gonna tell he was a liar too he was part of mockingbird they all are so you gotta just you take some of the information but you take every information i get from them i take it with a grain of salt because whether it's tucker or whether it's uh, uh jake trapper you know what i mean it's the same shit because they're working in an environment where they're controlled they're not allowed to say whatever they want there, there some there's an there's producers there's tons of people going around there saying like oh you know what are you doing uh uh what what stories are you going to run who are you bringing on you know what i mean that's why you could see like on um i don't know if you've seen that uh what is it called the max what's it called the uh, what's that max news newsmax news my bad uh mike lindell was on there and didn't see that yeah, Mike Lindell was on there, and he was trying to talk about his uh, uh, documentary, which I'm going to watch this weekend, actually. I haven't got to watch it yet. And he was trying to talk, and they were like, well, how come you got taken off Twitter? And he was like, well, I got taken off Twitter because – and he started telling about the fraud. And, that, and they were like oh, – they were literally talking over clip. him. Did you yes. see that? Yeah. yeah, and then they're like, the guy walks off. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the walks, guy off. walks off the set. Yeah, I thought that uh, – uh, this is like, what is this? Like, let it, you knew what he was going to say. Why did you invite him then? That's what I don't get. I'm like, you knew that he's already, this is what he's been saying the whole time. You knew why he got kicked off Twitter. You knew he's going to mention this. Like, then I was like, well, maybe they're just not as professional because you couldn't, you, you don't really see that that much of people going off the cuff on CNN or even Fox for that matter. Every now and then, or it might seem like they are, but really isn't. They're, it's all like, hey man, stay in the line, stay in this this region you know like they let tucker uh kind of have a little bit more free range because he brings such an audience that's the only thing that he has i think tucker would be smart to um just uh step down and just start a podcast man literally absolutely that, that would he be would the biggest it. move he would probably get a bigger following oh, i don't even want to make a prediction on that but he'd get a massive following with him it would take people away from corporate media which i think would be a big win um, it's just up to him whether he wants to step out of that comfort zone of collecting that, you know, that weekly or biweekly or monthly check. Um, but there's a lot to that. Uh, back to the the Newsmax thing, I feel like, you know, they're kind of gaining ground in actual the cable market and um, radio that I think that whole thing was a stunt by them to kind of virtue signal to the corporate media that – Oh, we can play ball. Like, let us in. Let us in. Yeah. That's what I think that was. Yeah, I agree on that. And then, like, I think we should, like, end it on this because, like, that's uh, why I called this episode Pillow Wars. I wanted to talk about yep. uh, Mike Lindell, who I'm not, like, saying I'm not, a, like, 
don't advocate from. I don't have a my pillow. I'm not like a, I'm not a righty. I'm not a Trump supporter. But this whole Mike Liddell versus that David Hogg, or is that his name, David Hogg, right? I, hopefully, I get it right. Yes, the the leftist guy made the other company. Yeah, well, allegedly other company. It just really irritated me because he's talking about, oh, I'm starting my own pillow company. I'm gonna. But what does he do? He instantly jumps on Twitter and he's like, hey, guys, does anybody know a manufacturer? Hey, guys, does anybody know a designer? Hey, God, what the hell? Like, get the hell out of here, man. You're not starting a business. You're using your privilege to uh, uh, try to, like, do some kind of, like, ship on demand shit. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is that, man? Like, I was like, Mike, and that's why I kept commenting on it. progressive privilege. <laughs> yeah, the progressive privilege. We should trademark that. <laughs> that's I think a good that's one. Oh, man, I, I, that's a good one, man. I'm going to have to look that up. That's a nice shirt, man. I'm going to. That's trademark. That's trademark for this podcast. Yeah, we, he Everyone just trademarked it. it. has to pay it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's official. <laughs> so I was commenting on his Twitter and saying, look, man, Mike Lindell is an ex-crack addict, and you could call him a lunatic. But guess what? He built his company from the ground up. He didn't go and ask somebody to help him. He did it like an entrepreneur. Now, then some people were posting articles that like, oh, he had a lawsuit about like his pillow, you know, didn't like, I guess he was claiming it would like solve some kind of medical issues or something. But I said, that doesn't mean, yeah, after he was big, that happened. I'm like, that doesn't defeat the the, uh, stop that he built it from the ground up. And then this kid's going to be like, oh, I'm going to do the same. No, you're not. You're not doing that. Go do it then. I would I would give him credit if he did. If he was like, you know what? I'm going to go open a warehouse. I'm going to do it little by little. I'm going to start in my garage. More props to you. Oh, but you're not. You're going to use your Twitter and your your blue check mark and because he's going to run for politics. That's what he's trying to do. They're trying to groom him for politics. I can already see it. He's been doing it since he's been against, and he's a huge uh, first against the First Amendment. I mean the Second Amendment. Oh, really? Well, uh, I already disliked him. He's uh, anti-gun for, the for li- sure. For the little bit I knew about him, but that seals the deal, really, for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting, though. It's like, you know, he has to outsource to the digital hive mind of Twitter to be able to start up this company rather than, like you were saying, doing it himself, starting from the ground up, like start small, build up and make make it a legit business. Now, he, he's hoping probably set up a GoFundMe, like help me make a, a leftist Twitter com- uh, pillow company or whatever. So, yeah, and that's what he actually was doing. And what's funny to me is because that shows me that. A lot of the like millennials, especially the younger millennials and the past that, that they don't realize that you actually have to manufacture things. They think money just happens. Money doesn't just happen. Just like with the whole canceling the school debt, it doesn't happen. It has to be – somebody has to pay for it. Somebody has to find a financial way. Something's going to get cut. And they don't see that. They think that everything can be paid for. So this whole pushing the business, like, oh, it's great. Like, don't get me wrong. It's it's very beneficial for people like me and you to, like, start a little business to do a print on demand where we're working with somebody. But if you're talking about going big scales and you're going to you're gonna do, uh, what's it called, uh, farm out all the work and you're not going to do any of the work, what's the how is that your company? You just thought of the name? Like, imagine if I thought of a name and I'm like, all right, man, run, run the podcast. I'm not going to do anything or anything, but... Yeah, <laughs> like, but I got a name. I got a blue check mark, buddy. Don't worry about it. Like, it makes no sense to me. Like the logic behind this guy's move. Um, and the left should like, be eating okay, him alive, though, right? 
they should be. Um, they kind of eat some of their. They've been eating some of their own lately, but it's it's weird. Like little like nonsensical things like this that are kind of publicity stunts that get the most traction, you know. And it's sad. It, it kind of says a lot about the where the the mental train of thought is at for these the the Twitterati uh, Twitterati at large, you know. Yeah. They're, uh, they're very all over the place and not very focused on anything important. I don't know why we and everyone else gives them so much attention. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just that, like, like we always say that they're just so loud. It's like you know, you see it yeah. blasted on like CNN, and then we all have yeah. our little moments of like maybe we're having a bad day and we're like, "What the fuck did he say?" <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. For no reason, like it's not even really shouldn't bother us, but so every now and then a story will get under your skin because that one did get under my skin because. I'm like, with all this talk of white privilege, you got the most privileged little fucking looking bastard in the world uh, doing the most privileged thing by asking people on Twitter if they can figure out uh, how he can start a company. I'm surprised he didn't start one of those, yeah. uh, what are those, those kickstarts or something like that? <laughs> yeah, or like just make it like a, a non-profit and just take donations that probably would have been more effective for him, really, but I don't know. That's the thing. Uh, the left in general, and speaking in very vague terms, are not very business savvy outside of, like, elite Wall Street business. Not, like, you know, entrepreneurs, brick and mortar, brick and mortar business and, like, small business. Yeah, and I think that's, like, some of the breakdown of, like, America in general. It's, like, entrepreneurs, it's Wall Street, it's the college educated, and then it's like the blue collar. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like that, and and I would blue collar is a big, big, huge one because that's from manufacturing to farming. You know what I mean? To small bit, like there's all kinds of, and I think that that's what we clash so much about. Like those that have gotten an education and got into debt are upset that they're not getting paid, or that some people are getting paid more than them, and that they feel that it's that they're owed but they don't realize how the world works and they didn't figure out their plan and they can they can adjust their plan and make it work but now they feel so overwhelmed because they may have bit off way more than they can chew and they don't know how to get out of it and they want someone to save them which i understand but what how does that save you what does that really do for you you know what i mean like what does that do? how does that help the economy i don't see that like i understand we need to help people but at the same time shouldn't we teach them how to fish and not give them a fish because then they're going to be dependent. What if something happens to me and I can't help them? So shouldn't we teach them, like you were saying, like, you know, mentorships and building bridges and, hey, you know something that I don't know. Can you teach me that? You know what I mean? Or like things to be more self-sufficient. But that seems to be that they want us to stay a consumer society, that we're not self-sufficient, that we're dependent on um, all kinds of corporations to feed us, to uh, – Tell us to entertain us, tell us what to do, uh, when to exercise, when to take a vaccine, when to travel, when we could go on vacation. When it, it just seems that they want it to be like it's like being with one of those movies, you know, where they have like that wife that's way over fucking like she's like scheduled everything. She's like, well, we're on vacation, but at 10, 10 15, we're gonna go to this aerobics class. Or and it's like, no, nah, man, I came here to vacation, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're, that's a good analogy. Um, you're very right though. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, propaganda, the mainstream media narratives to kind of push 
uh, more and more dependence of the individual upon the Big Brother state. Oh. And it's it's really worrying. Um, you've seen it with COVID. I mean, like the whole nonsense about stimulus, which went back and forth for weeks and still hasn't really, I don't know if it's really gotten anywhere. I've kind of tuned out of that. But um, why not? I don't know. It's a revolutionary thought. But listen, uh, why don't we just open up the economy? <laughs> Let people work. Let us go back to our normal lives. Let kids go back to school, and I think you will see a massive recovery. But the longer we keep these lockdowns going, the harder it's going to be to bounce back. For sure. And also, I think that we need to stop um, uh, pushing away from these charter schools and some of these private schools and uh, other sectors because there's a lot of different schools that are, are different for everybody else. And you know what? If that school can't provide for their students, then they should be shut down. They should not be. There's some in Detroit that are horrible, man. It's just like it's horrid how like in, in all kinds of cities, L.A. too, like you're like kids go here. And they're like, oh, why aren't they funded? And you know what? They're saying, well, they, they can't go to a charter school. Why? They should be able to go to any school, the school of choice. You know what I mean? Because if that school is not suitable for children, then it should be shut down. And if you and if it has to be shut down and never open up again, then that's it. Oh, yeah, the Great yeah. Reset, that's that's on its way, man. Yeah, I think we're underway right now. I think that uh, – Oh, absolutely. It's – I mean, they got Biden. They got their man Biden in. Um, they're feeling like they're sitting pretty. I think it's just going to be kind of a nice and steady, pretty quick rollout. Um, it just depends. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of ways it could go. I think it's going to go pretty quick. It'll tie into vaccination passports, digital ID, cryptocurrencies controlled by the government. And it's going to also be very closely tied to the like we discussed in the past, um, the food supply and who's owning like the food production. Yeah. That's it. That's and I think it, I think the great reset sounds a lot more to me like the great leap forward or the Holodomor. It's going to be a mass starvation event. And I'd say be very prepared, have a good amount of foods tucked away for your family. Honestly, like, Better safe than sorry. Yeah, and like just I always think about like that too. You buy buy a lot of that stuff where you go, you know, you could still use it later, like camping and stuff like that too. Like Yes. <clears throat> there's multiple uses for it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think like and I don't think it will affect everybody too, because you gotta remember, even through those yes. famines and stuff, like there was still people that had food. Like and that's the part where it's hard to look on any subject because everybody has their own personal perspective and they're going to be like, whoa, that's not how I live. That's not how I, you know what I mean? And there's nothing you can do about that. You just, everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that's uh, our time, man. I appreciate everybody that hopped on. I know it was a little choppy of one, but uh, we, we got through it. You know, we'll be going live again on Sunday. Uh, we're going to do the five thirty, so we could get that little, you know, like cushion to make sure the show's all, uh, we're going to do 5.30 p.m. Eastern, I mean Pacific, and 8.30 yeah. e- uh, p.m. Eastern. This is Kill the Mockingbird. I'm Sean Chris. This is my ho- uh, I'm the host with Sebastian Seabass Farr. And like I said, yeah, we're going to be getting some merch out there for everybody. Uh, we're trying to build the website. It's become a little difficult. But, yeah, you know, check out our RSS feed on Apple, Spotify, everywhere. We, you know, we got our Instagram. Check out our Kill the Mockingbird 
uh, well, now it's KTMB Productions. And then we'll be making some more Instagrams because we may vanish. You never know. You know how we do it. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. And this is how we're going to end on this. My steam is gone, 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 gone. Now tell me what you gonna do. Tell me depleted your phone. And all your bills are due. And all your bills are due. Tell me what you gonna do. Put it in the car declines. And all your bills are due. And all your bills are due. Keep on finding, keep on counting. Talking about what's in my pocket. And they know that I'm styling. And I know I ain't really got it. I was gonna get my check and get all my bills paid. Instead, I hit the mall and I got me a pair of jays.
brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 